0: Are you ready to listen to a podcast?
1: Upskilled Upskilled. Masterclass. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading the ninth episode of the Upskilled Masterclass. My name is Ralph Tucker. Today, we'll be starting a five-part series on small business. It's often said that small business is the backbone of the Australian economy, with some statistics suggesting close to half the workforce in this country are employed in small business. This series of episodes is designed to focus on the subject areas associated with upskilled certificate four in small business. The whole course is too broad to be covered in one conversation, so we've decided to break it down into five key areas. Legal requirements for starting or running a small business, the importance of planning, keeping track of your finances, building a winning team, marketing your business, and finding and keeping your customers. To discuss these areas in greater detail, we'll be talking with one of Upskilled's trainers, Keith Mogford. Keith, welcome to the Upskilled Masterclass. Brilliant, thank you, Uh, pleasure to be here. Can you give us a little bit of your background on your experiences in training and working with small businesses?
0: Absolutely. I've been involved in training going back to 1985 actually. Seems a long time ago. Um, Working uh, in the UK uh, as a training instructor, um, developing corporate training policies and strategies that would allow people who are undertaking uh dealer technicians to translate the theory into practice. So it was conducted as a as a classroom training. um I was involved in the uh, the writing of those particular manuals, and uh, really it was the first time that we actually started going into self-pace, but over the years um, moved to uh, Australia and um, worked for a multinational both here in Perth and in Sydney. Um, part of the marketing uh, division, and also working with uh, training some of their customers. I then um, was employed as a regional manager for one of the uh, uh, an RTO, um, basically involved in vocational uh, education and training. A lot of it was to do with uh, traineeships and apprenticeships. a uh, Broad spectrum of uh, businesses uh, that I was dealing with, and a lot of. Government contracts as well involved in that one, so that was uh, pretty interesting and and dealing with uh, small businesses direct, especially when there was a a lack of apprenticeships happening. So, I was on a number of uh, projects there working with uh, different uh, stakeholder groups. Then basically from uh, 2007, I went out on my own and I've been uh, contracting uh, as a as a business development uh, officer, working with uh, a number of organisations and really helping small businesses on on a one to um, one on site clients' requirements, finding out what their requirements were. Uh, in essence, basically uh, delivering that one to one consultations, providing information, guidance, education, counsel. Um, you know, who may be considering starting a business or maybe growing a business or even giving consideration to succession planning, but really all other aspects of day to day life in business. And uh, from 2012, I've uh, been involved with Upskill, working as a trainer, initially starting off on face to face training, but uh, as you're aware, Upskill is now 100% online and uh, very successful as well. <laughs> so, Brings us to the current day. We're recording this anyway, aren't we? So I must remember
1: that from my resume. <laughs> <laughs> As I mentioned in the introduction, we'll be chatting about the legal requirements for starting or running a small business. I mean, I guess there'd be a lot of people that think that they'd be good enough to go into business for themselves, but there are a lot of legal requirements and responsibilities associated with that. Can you take us through some of that and whether they actually change from state to state?
0: Yeah, scary stuff, is when you start thinking about the legal essentials for a business. I guess one of the first things you really need to find out when you're starting, and I guess this is what we're really talking about, is when you're starting out on a new business, is what laws do apply to your new business? I mean... As a business owner, you need to know what is, what, you know, is legally compliant and you need to obviously be aware of those rules and regulations. Yes, some of them will change from state to state or from territory to territory. Bearing in mind, for example, uh, it could well be in regards to the Department of Commerce, um, local legislation, and there's really three tiers of legislation here that one needs to be aware of. Obviously, there's the government uh, legislation when we requiring a, an Australian business number, ABN as we know it. The goods and services tax, for example, if you're eligible or, or requiring or the requirement for a GST. You obviously need a tax number and maybe pay as you go PAYG withholding. So there's some of the sort of the business registrations, but that's the first layer. The second layer, of course, is state government. And depending on where you are in Australia, then obviously you need to go and identify, you know, those particular aspects. And the third level of compliance at a local level is your LGAs. LGAs being your local government uh, authority, or in other words, your local council. So in other words, if you're wanting to lease a particular building, uh, depending on what you're doing, if you want to start a nightclub um, and you're in the middle of a residential area, well, I don't know whether the LGA will say, yeah, that's going to be a cool thing to do, Uh, I would imagine that there may be a number of uh, restrictions on that. So depending on what you do, where you're going, what you're doing, it all depends on on the requirements. There's a great little website called business.gov.au and they actually do have a legal essentials for business.
1: When you look at the upskilled small business course, one of the first things that is raised is the notion of uh, risk management requirements. Can you break that down for us? What does that actually mean?
0: they could be external, for example, uh, Ralph, you know they can also be directly or indirectly affected you know with your business ability to operate. you know risks can also be obviously uh, you know work health and safety, you know chemical spill or a natural disaster. You know when you start looking at the different types of risks, you've got to be obviously very uh, conscious of how you actually take and prepare that risk management and preparing a risk management plan, and business impact analysis is really important. Identifying the risks to your business, what are they? You need to really analyze and evaluate the impact of those risks and treat the risks to your business accordingly and merely review, update your risk management plan on a regular basis. So you need to conduct a business impact analysis, you need that process of identifying the risks, assessing the risk, and developing and developing those strategies to manage risks. You know which you would obviously put into that risk management plan. Very important, and um, you know uh, we're all aware that uh, we could be in business today, uh, and whether somebody else uh, goes out of business, it can have a real knock-on effect. And in recent uh, weeks, we've seen many organisations, both big and small, that have suddenly uh, gone to the wall for one reason or another. So risk is a very important aspect when you're preparing
1: and starting a business. There's many different small business structures. Can you take us through those as well? And obviously some structures would suit some businesses and, and, and definitely not others.
0: When we start looking at, at uh, the legal structures, it really boil down to uh, four points. There's a sole proprietorship, a sole trader as it's known. Uh, there's a partnership, which is the second one. Um, and then from there on in, you're looking at uh, being a proprietary limited company and or a, a a trust. Just kicking off with the first one, nearly sole traders who are their own business operator. They are without partners. Uh, they don't use a company or, in fact, they, they don't even use a trust structure. They retain their net profits after tax. And basically, they're liable for all debts to the full extent of their private assets, including their, their you know, share of assets that may be jointly owned. So there is no distinction really between a business asset and private assets. But Australia you know, is one of the easiest countries to start a business. I mean, really all you need is an ABN and, and away you go. It's, it's, it's as simple as that if you want to be a sole trader. And if you're a micro business, a home-based business, sole trader is, is the way to go. Partnerships are, in many respects, the same as a sole trader, but there's, there's two of you doing it. Um, In fact, you can have up to 20 people in a partnership, and it does need its own ABN, of course, Um, and it also needs its own tax file number. Really, a person um, who's or people that are running uh, uh, a partnership is one that can be involved in the development of an organisation, which is the, the partnership itself. And that partnership can be fifty fifty or it could be forty sixty as far as the partnership goes, or there could be just one silent partner, and there is another partner that's running the business. There are obviously legal requirements in, in regards to in, in regards to those uh, aspects going on from there, I guess really uh, the legal structure of companies is something that is a little bit more uh, complex there is uh, the Australian Securities and Investment Commission, you have to abide by the terms and conditions and the ruling of the Securities and Investment Commission. And as a, a company director, you need to obviously abide by the office of that, uh, that particular uh, aspect. So a public company may have more than 50 non-employee shareholders and um, then if there is a large company... Under the Corporations Act, the proprietary company may actually want to raise um, its value of the organisation, and it can actually go onto the stock exchange and, and launch itself uh, as a public listed company. I guess, you know, instead of having an... Oh, just one other point I need to raise on this one. Instead of having an ABN, you will obviously need an ACN, which is the Australian company number, and that number... Obviously, must appear on the common seal, um, and every public document issued, signed, or published by or on behalf of the company. So there are, you know, some some you know basic points. But really, you would only start a PGY, proprietary limited company if you're turning over in excess of around about one hundred and twenty thousand um, dollars. The setup cost of a company is 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 not cheap. Uh, you're probably looking around about two thousand dollars to set up a company, to set up a sole trader really it under costs you a couple of phone calls. Partnership may be a little bit dearer, but not, not a great deal of uh, difference. The last one, which is uh, probably more complex, are trusts. Basically, there are two two types of trust: discretionary trust and a unit trust. And without going into a lot of detail because of the complexity of what trusts are about, they are um, or have been defined as equitable obligations are binding up really a person who is called a trustee and I guess the the, the easiest way of saying that is that you may get a third person who may be an accountant sometimes called the settler who would actually entrust an amount of money which was normally somewhere between $10 and $100 and and that particular person is entrusted with that um, to establish the trust. And that really kicks kicks the thing started. So the trustee is the legal owner of the assets comprising of the trust fund, which has been made up by the settler. It is complex, um, but the easiest way of breaking it down is go and see a good accountant who will actually walk you through and talk you through the type of business entity that you need
1: for your particular business. Yeah, some really great advice there, Keith, and some detailed information there for those listening. I'd imagine it'd be fairly exciting to set up your your own small business, but there'd be traps and pitfalls to look out for as well. Can you, with your experience, take us through some of those? <laughs>
0: oh, how long have you got? <laughs> oh, what a great question. Something like that is, is like it's like buying a job rather than a business, you know. Um, and a lot of people are quite happy doing that. They don't want to work from, you know, for somebody else, but they buy their own little uh, or set up their own little business. And what they've done, they've just basically bought themselves a job. But, you know, it depends on how much work you are going to get out of that job that you've just brought. You know, the other thing is that a lot of people, you know, you may be a, a hairdresser, for example, and you're a great hairdresser. Uh, how to run a business. It's a completely different set of dynamics, and understanding those dynamics is one of the major pitfalls that people don't recognize you know you need to understand that running a business is different from maybe doing an apprenticeship in hairdressing not knocking hairdressing or, or you know it could be a plumber it could be a carpenter it could be anybody you know but you you know your area of expertise is on the tools it may not be the expertise in the business and so training and understand and Educating yourself and upskilling yourself is a very important part. The other thing is that people do sometimes take on partners or you kick off with a partner, but unless you are really 100% sure about your partnership or the people that you're actually going to kick it off with, my opinion uh, would be to hire people to help you out in in, in the uh, initial phase before you start you know, gearing up and, and making uh, partnerships and starting a business from scratch rather than buying an existing operation might sound cheap, but again, you know, there's a lot of cost involved in doing that, but you can design, do what you want, have your own intellectual property, you know, kicking it off from, from start. And that's a lot of fun doing that. And that's that's another thing. If you're not having fun and, and there's stress in doing it, then, um, you know, that can also be, a, you know, a downside. I think, in, you know, and, and saying that, thinking about the business idea will actually make the company, it will, you know, make it successful. So you've got to have that passion. And a lot of people think too small when they're starting up a business. You know, entrepreneurs want to generate a wage themselves. And as I said earlier, you know, they're quite happy to do that and nothing more but you do need to build in a profit and you do need to aim to build something larger and you do need to aim to build something great because you might want to actually you know, sell that further down the track and that's getting back into you know, the exit strategies. It's a tough question. It's a tough ask. It's not obviously everyone's cup of tea. Um, you certainly put more hours in um, than what you get out of it, but what you do get out of it is a lot of satisfaction, a lot of, a lot of fun, a lot of fun, and, and if you're successful, it's even more fun.
1: Again, some uh, really great advice there for people looking to start up their own business. We started this conversation about uh, the legal requirements for setting up a a small business. How important is something like occupational health and safety for someone looking into setting up their small business?
0: If you ask me that, say, 20 years ago, I'd say probably not very much at all. But these days, uh, it's not just... the the owner of that business. It is everybody's responsibility. Obviously, the owner, who within the Work, Health and Safety model is known as a PCBU, a person who's conducting the business or undertaking it, is ultimately responsible. And the Act, which is harmonised across Australia under the model of the Work, Health and Safety Act, you know, forms the basis of um, harmonised work and health and safety laws, and you know, and that act is is legally binding, and it needs to be obviously enacted and passed by parliament in each juris- jurisdiction. Uh, in other words, that you know, Queensland have now taken on this model of the Work Health and Safety Act, but WA have not put it through their the state parliament. It's coming, um, and it will probably. Um, be legislated later this year, um, but the work health and safety laws are across Australia. They are underpinned by um, the, the the policing of of uh, inspectors and making sure that you have a safe uh, and healthy workplace is absolute paramount, and that is one legal requirement. Um, that really does need to, to, to happen and the amount of deaths that occur are far too high uh, when you look at you know, what actually happens, not only in Australia,
1: but across the world. Yeah, That brings me to my, my next point, obviously insurance is one of those big costs for anyone that's looking to set up a small business. How important is that?
0: Insurance is one of those things that um, you know, is, is, is extremely important. And I guess when you start looking at insurance, uh, you've, you've got to look at the whole um, business of insurance, I think, you know, because you can't just really take it on one particular aspect. I think you've got to look at it from a um, strategic point of view, um, you know, what's actually in it for me at the end of the day. You know, if you've got a lot of equipment, it needs to be insured. If the business um, is running and it's running well, then you also need to make sure that if there is a major disaster, then are you insured against that? You know, if you're a farmer, are you insured against your crops? We all understand, you know, third-party vehicle insurance. We understand, you know, fire theft and all the rest of them, which are all important insurances. But, you know, there are things like public liability insurance. There are things like personal indemnity insurance. Um, So when you start looking at it, you do need, again, to be looking at an insurance broker and identify and take stock of what you've got, where you are, what you're doing, what needs to be insured, what doesn't need to be insured. Are you overinsured? Or more importantly, are you underinsured? And an insurance broker will certainly come in and uh, undertake a viability uh, um, review and scope of works, so or what needs to be insured and what doesn't
1: need to be insured. We'll wrap things up in a, in a moment, Keith. You've been very generous with your time in this first episode that we're looking at small business. Could we get some tips from you about the key issues surrounding uh, setting up a small business and anyone considering doing that? Yeah, you know,
0: personally, what do you want to achieve for yourself? That's the first thing, you know. What do you want to achieve for your family? You know, and then professionally, how do I want to develop that? And what sort of lifestyle do I want to be enjoying if I'm running my business? You know, you've got to look at those things and you've got to think, okay, what's in it for me? Um, and I think, you know, you need to be obviously reasonably flexible and you certainly need to be self-motivated and you also need to recognize the opportunities. So these are the things that obviously need to go into, uh, into the planning stage. But then we go back to, you know, the structure, are you a sole trader, partnership, you know, trust or company, you know, and uh, or indeed, you know, are you going to buy a business or are you going to, you know, buy a franchise? these are the points that you've got to start looking at and then basically once you've done all those things, you know, how am I going to be marketing myself? You know, these are all aspects that, you know, when you start looking at uh, starting a new business is it boils down to one thing and that's the business plan. And I guess, you know, if someone said to me, you know, I'm not sure how to do this, I would say write a business plan. It gives you a helicopter view of what you're doing. It's the framework that you will use as your checklist. You know, it's the objectivity of of where you're going. You know, it's the resource planning, the risk reduction, you know, and if you need capital to raise, you know, just kick off the business, then, you know, what better way of doing it than starting with a, with a business plan? And it gives you the insights, the alternatives, you, you know, your guidance and monitoring of where you're going. And I guess the most important thing is, is Ralph, is that it is a commitment test of what, what you're actually doing. And it gets all those sort of ideas, you know, the light bulbs that are flashing in your in your brain. It gets get it out, get it onto paper, look at it and and, and and that that is your business plan. That's the analysis that will be your working document. And that, if you do it right, it will lead to
1: success. Keith, you've been great with your time today, as I've mentioned. Thanks very much for your input here on the legal requirements for starting or running a small business. In the next few episodes, we'll be covering the topics of the importance of planning, keeping track of your finances, building a winning team, marketing your business, and finding and keeping your customers. I look forward to chatting about those issues with you in the coming episodes. Keith, thanks very much for your time.
0: Oh, Ralph, thanks. That's been great. I really enjoyed it.
1: Thanks very much indeed. Thanks for taking the time out to listen today. If you've got any questions or feedback, please head to the website upskilled.edu.au. Don't forget, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You can also leave us a rating or review on iTunes, which would be greatly appreciated. And if you really enjoyed today's podcast with upskilled trainer Keith Mogford, please tell a friend. I'm Ralph Tucker. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And we'll catch you next time on the upskilled masterclass
0: upskill upskill masterclass